is the Go Blue Crew. Okay, Derek, Michigan lost an ugly one against Northwestern. This is the second year in a row they've gone on the road to Northwestern and lost. And this time is uh, is a little bit worse than last year because Northwestern isn't a team that's, uh, at least from most perspectives, making a push into the NCAA tournament. Is it a big deal that they lost, or or perhaps are we just making too big of a deal out of this? Well, we talked on the last time, the last episode of basketball about how they really have the eight games remaining and we'd prefer they win six. Uh, we think they could win six as long as they, they don't find a way to drop half of them. I'm only concerned because of the way they lost, because that right there is a team that can get beat by literally anybody. Uh, I think they were five for 20 or, or something ridiculous uh, from the field. And and in the second half, and that's just that's that's brutal. That's that has to be a worse half than even against Ohio State when they gave up that huge lead. I mean, it's just it's hard to watch and it's not any fun to watch. So I'm not worried because it's just one loss and there's still games on the schedule that Michigan can win. Uh, we're down to to five games to go. Uh, they won two out of three so far, so they're kind of right on par with what we predicted. Uh, but traveling on the road to Wisconsin uh, this weekend, you've got to win that game first and foremost. And I think the team, uh, fans, I think we deserve uh, a game where Michigan leads from the beginning, starts hot, finishes hot, and just kind of allows us to to catch our breaths a little bit because it has been some very stressful basketball uh, dating really back to that Nebraska game uh, where they where they got blown out. Uh, even then, the close loss to Purdue uh, had str- trouble with Northwestern. First time around, had a lot of trouble with Minnesota. Free throws are a huge issue. So it's a loss. Uh, losses happen. Um, that's part of the game. And if if you want to if you want to think, just it's we're, the closer we get to March, the crazier it gets. St. John's lost eleven games in a row and beats Duke. Uh, they just beat number one Villanova. So a team that lost so many in a row and looked way out of the, the tournament race and no one was talking about just beat two top five teams back to back. So They beat Villanova? They just beat Villanova uh, I, at this time of recording. I so, saw that that game was close. So I yeah. did not know they won. If that makes you feel any better, that I mean, it's hard to tell how good St. John's can be because they're a team that lost a lot of games in a row, but people had high hopes for it, a team that's usually pretty consistently in the tournament. But yeah, I mean, it's a loss and you just got to hope that traveling on the road uh, three out of the next five games and then having a date with Ohio State in a rematch, uh, a ranked team currently, and then obviously an Iowa team that even put Michigan State to the test. They have five more games that they can win and i think we won't care about this northwestern loss the nebraska loss the committee might care but i don't think fans will because i think they'll be in an okay place speaking of ohio state as we're recording this they're playing at purdue right now and i think we'll be able to look at that game and and learn a little bit more about ohio state which is weird to say even though we're this late into the season but they just haven't really been tested especially on the road in the big 10 so you know, that might give us a little better look at what to expect from the Buckeyes. That game is on Sunday, February 18th. I don't know who mentioned this on Twitter, so I'm sorry that I can't give credit here. But 
they made a, a really good observation that Michigan, these two road games back to back against Northwestern and Wisconsin, they're favored, you know, but slightly. And it's not one of those things where if you go on the road and beat Wisconsin, it's not going to be really that noteworthy this season. If you lose, though, that'd be two in a row. And then, you know, maybe maybe we do start to actually worry. I mean, I'm not sure. I'd, I'd have to see the loss, obviously, before I tell you how I'll feel. But I just thought that was a, a good observation, that Michigan it doesn't really gain anything by winning this game, and they wouldn't have gained much by beating Northwestern. But you go out there and you lose, and then you know, th- things start to look maybe per- perhaps a little shaky. So I- I'm just wondering, like, outside of Ohio State, a ranked team, what does Michigan have to gain through this final stretch in the regular season? That's, it's tough. There's not really a, a win outside of Ohio State that would be impressive. And there's, like you said, a lot of losses, including Wisconsin, that would look bad. It used to be 20 conference wins and a good conference and you're in the tournament. So I don't think it's, it's a matter of, of Michigan really falling apart and not making the tournament. They could collapse. Uh, obviously, we hope they don't. But they, I think that as much as it would be a relief to, to watch a game where they win by 15 or 20, I think it'd be good for, for the team and for the resume. Uh, if you can beat a Wisconsin badly on the road, even though it's a down Wisconsin team, uh, there was a, a game they had with Iowa earlier in the season where they were way up and, and Iowa came back. If you can beat Iowa bad, if you can beat a ranked team convincingly, they beat Michigan State convincingly. That was a 10-point win, and it wasn't really a game where where it felt like Michigan was going to lose just because of how well they were playing. Uh, and then, obviously, Penn State beat Ohio State in a buzzer beater. Uh, Maryland's a team who Michigan should have lost to but found a way to win uh, with help of a foul call at the end. So I think what you have to, the only thing you can gain is if you beat teams bad and you win out. Uh, you have five more wins to your resume and you're a 24 and seven team heading into the big 10 tournament and then ultimately NCAA tournament. If anything, the, the Wolverines need confidence and I think fans need confidence in them, especially after a poor shooting night uh, and with all of the, the foul line trouble uh, that we've seen lately. It's just ridiculous that they can shoot so poorly um, from the from the stripe, but that's kind of what the team is this year. They don't have a, a solid three point shooter that's uh, leading. Uh, I, I think at one point Xavier Simpson had the most threes, um, and or was definitely the highest percentage. Uh, Duncan Robinson's been inconsistent, and so it's an unusual Michigan team. But I think the positive thing is that they they seem to fight a little bit more uh, and they seem to play up and down to their opponents which is good when it's a Purdue uh, it's bad when it's a Northwestern or maybe a Wisconsin so I think that this team will, will rebound because I don't think they like losing uh, as every team hates losing uh, but I think a young guy like a Jordan Poole Isaiah Livers if he is okay and healthy uh, they have a lot more to prove as freshmen and I think that we can expect some big games out of them as well as a big game from Mo Wagner He's been kind of quiet lately too. So I think there's good things to come. It's just, it's hard when you, when you have games like the Nebraska game kind of kills a vibe. And then obviously this game completely killed my vibe. I'll be honest. I, the game ended, I tweeted like a horrible loss. Good night from Wolverine sounds. And (laughs) I, I, uh, I just, those are no fun. I mean, that's a game. If you, if you traveled to all state arena as a Michigan fan and it was half and half, I mean, that's just depressing. It's a game where they just can't make a basket. And 
that's there's nothing worse than that, in my opinion, when you shoot 25% in the second half. All right, I have a gripe here, and I'm not sure how well it'll be received, but as I've been watching Charles Matthews this season, I just like haven't been, I haven't been blown away. I, there wasn't a time where I thought, hey, like he really fits into the offense for the most part. I, sometimes he sticks out like a sore thumb. I don't want to say for the most part he sticks out like a sore thumb. I kind of walk that back. But I I just don't see the fit, you know. And you know, he drives and he gets the ball knocked loose like way more than I think is normal. He kind of reminds me of Zach Irvin in that he just couldn't finish, you know. And, and Zach Irvin, it, from what I remember, didn't have too much of an issue like getting the ball to the rim. It was just like actually finishing. Charles mm-hmm. Matthews has a problem getting the ball to the rim, and then if he's able to get to that point, it seems like he struggles to finish. And it sucks because he's a he's one of those guys who drives. Um, I would say he's a strong driver. I was trying to think of the the right way to describe him. But he primarily goes right. I'm I'm not sure that he would drive left if anybody gave him a wide open lane. So just on the whole, like I'm I'm just not that impressed with the way Matthews fits into the offense. Yeah, he's he's tough to watch because I think when you get a guy who was expected to be a one and done at Kentucky when recruited and uh, doesn't get much playing time, only averages like ten minutes a game and then sits out a year and has a bunch of time to learn a beeline system. I feel like you expect more. And that's the the struggle for me is he doesn't feel like he fits a lot of the times. Uh, when it's Charles Matthews, it's usually some sort of high isolation, uh, maybe a screen if he calls for it, uh, and, and a, usually tries to get to the rack. Now, he does finish 50% of those but if you were to if you were to finish on all of them he'd be shooting much better than even the 50% he's shooting from the field because he can get to the rim there's no denying him if he puts it puts his uh puts the ball down on the floor and, and tries to get to the rim he's virtually unstoppable but he really goes from about I'd give him probably an A in terms of getting to the hole finishing I mean you're looking at a C he there have been so many times Xavier Simpson's done the same thing Abdur Rockman's had a couple of times where he's missed some bunnies. You've got to finish when you can get to the rack. He's good at drawing fouls, but then the whole issue is he can't make free throws. His his field goal percentage is almost higher than his free throw percentage. Um, and that's just, I mean, I, I don't even want to speak on the free throws. It's so frustrating to watch. So yeah. he does stick out because he sometimes can miss a lot of shots. He seems to be careless with the ball. And then in the last five, his best game was the first matchup against Northwestern. He was two for three from three pointers. When he can, when he get the threes going and finish at the rim, he's a pretty good player. But yeah, five points against Northwestern in a loss. Only played twenty six minutes. Had four fouls and two for seven shooting. Uh, that's not acceptable for any player uh, who's going to take seven shots. And we had that beef with Zach Irvin. Sometimes he'd put up too many shots in our both of our opinions, and we'd wonder, uh, well, we just wish he'd stop shooting, or maybe John Beeline could pull him. He ended up doing okay, and I think fans finally started to miss him uh, when they see what some of the options are this year. But I would like to see him be a better fit, but I think, honestly, it takes another year. He's not going anywhere. There's no way he enters the draft off of the sample of this year. 
So he has another year to fit in, but yeah, he, he needs to be more efficient or I think Michigan's in trouble because I've noticed that when he's in and not performing efficiently, especially turning the ball over, uh, those are Michigan's biggest droughts. For the record, I did not want Zach Irvin to stop shooting last year. I was all about Zach Irvin continuing to shoot his way out of the slump, and I think I was vindicated when he kind of turned it on late in the season, mm-hmm. if you remember that. Do you remember me saying that? I mean, I yeah. feel like this is important for the record. Like, I was I was on Zach Irvin's team. You do remember that. Absolutely. Okay. Let's uh, wrap things up here. Give me a, a quick one. Win or loss at Wisconsin and why? I think it's a win. Uh, I think that they go on the road and and they beat a team that they should. Uh, I always feel that there's, there's extra pressure when you lose a game where you were expected to win by you, you expected to win yourselves. And obviously uh, everyone else did. Uh, I think this is an opportunity for a road win and I would love to see Michigan beat Wisconsin handily. And then I'd like to see Wisconsin who, finishes their schedule uh, playing against Purdue and playing against MSU. I would love to see Wisconsin uh, get a big win uh, because that would help uh, Michigan. I don't, uh, some of me wants Purdue to, to win out and Michigan state to win out because two close losses of Purdue uh, number three or even higher than that after Villanova losing Purdue. And then a, a win against the top five MSU looks better for Michigan's tournament resume, but uh, you can also, uh, when a team like a Wisconsin can take down uh, a Michigan State or a Purdue, that also would help too. So I'm going with win, and I feel very confident about it. However, Tyler, if they're one for ten from the three point line in the first half, I'll probably text you and tell you I'm sorry I ever said win. I'll be looking for the text. I think they win also because they've they've seen Isaac Cost twice this season, and now they're going to go against Ethan Happ, who is sort of uh, you know fallen in the shadow, I guess, of Isaac Cost. I mean, Ethan Happ is still really good, but Michigan, if, you know, for these last few seasons, they've done a pretty good job of defending these big guys, and and they do it. By, I think they're really they're really effective when they double down in the post, and I, I, I think they're going to not shut down Ethan Happ. But you know, when he's scoring seventeen point four points a game and he's a clear leader of your offense, I, I think they're going to do enough to take Wisconsin out of what they really want to do, and that's going to result in a win. So thanks for checking us out today on the Go Blue Crew. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook. Wolverine Sounds, and you can also go to WolverineSounds.com. You can also search us on iTunes at Wolverine Sounds where you can subscribe. So thanks for listening and go blue.